Turn in your Bibles to Psalm 130. Psalm 130. It's a psalm that basically focuses on God and trusting Him in the midst of challenging times. Let me go ahead and read it. Beginning in verse number 1, Out of the depths I have cried to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplication. If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in His Word, I do, I do hope. <clears throat> My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. Yes, more than those who watch for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy, and with Him is abundant redemption. And He shall redeem Israel from all His iniquity. Let's pray. Lord, as we look at this portion of Scripture, we pray that You will speak to our hearts that you will transform us by the renewing of our minds. I pray, Lord, that you'll work in, in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're looking at four different needs that all of us have. One is in verses 1 to 2, and then the second in 3 to 4, 5 to 6, 7 and 8. We'll start off, of course, with 1 to 2. And the need that we have is crying to God. It says, out of the depths... I have cried to you, O Lord. How many of you have been in the depths before? You don't need to necessarily raise your hand, but sometimes we go through tough times, whether it has to do with the loss of a loved one or physical illness or relational issues or vocational issues or financial issues. We go through hard times, and when we do go through hard times, what we need to do is call out to God, to cry to God. That shows that we're depending on Him. It shows that we... Like Chuck said earlier, can't do it on our own. We need to depend on God. So we cry out to God out of the depths. Have any of you ever been swimming and you thought that, that you weren't going to have enough breath to get to the top of the water? I know when I was a little kid, apparently a big, big wave hit me and it just took me. And sometimes those waves just keep on going and keep on going and keep on going. And I was running out of breath and I was thinking, oh man, I can't breathe. That's a bad, bad feeling. And in life, sometimes we feel like we can't keep our head above water. We're, we're weak. We're weary. We're overwhelmed. But out of the depths, what we need to do is cry to the Lord, and He will indeed hear us. Out of the depths, I've cried to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. In difficult circumstances, we turn to Him. Psalm 40 talks about that as well. Psalm 40, verses 1 and 2. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. Have you ever felt that way before? That in the midst of difficult times, God was with you as you cried to Him, and He helped you out. He is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. We can cast our cares on Him because He cares for us. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds 
through Christ Jesus. We cry out to Him with supplications. We turn to Him and trust in Him. Psalm 66 talks about this. Psalm 66. And the the main verse that I was looking at was verse number 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But as I was reading the context of that, decided to go ahead and read a few more verses. Psalm 66, verses 16 through 20. Come in here, all you who fear God, and I will declare what He has done for my soul. Isn't that a great verse? We need to be letting people know what God has done for us. I cried to Him with my mouth, and He was extolled, He was praised with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me, but certainly the Lord has heard me. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God who has not turned away my prayer nor his mercy from me. Isn't it good to know that God loves us and when we pray, when we cry out to him, he hears our prayer. But verse number 18 is interesting. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. The The interesting thing is this, if we're living in sin and we know it, then God's really not going to heed our prayer. He he hears everything we say, but he's not going to take heed to it, so to speak. He is not going to answer our prayer. And that's why we need to move on to the second point. The first one is, the first need is crying to God. The second need is confessing to God. Look at verses 3 and 4. We're talking about Psalm 130, if you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. As you look at the first half of that verse, if you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? Any of you could stand? Any of you sinless? Any of you doing everything right all the time? If if you raised your hand, then then you'd be messing up because you wouldn't be humble. Plus, you'd be going against Scripture. Because in 1 John chapter 1, verse number 8 and 10, it talks about the fact that if we say that we have not sinned, we deceive ourselves. If we say we have no sin, uh, then, then we're calling God a liar. All of us are sinners. All of us mess up. And we need to recognize our sin. But we also need to rely on God for forgiveness. Again, verse number 4, but there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's good news, is it not? That when we are sinners and recognize our sin and confess our sin to God, God forgives us and cleanses us. According to Psalm 103, he, he removes our sin from us as far as the east is from the west. That's a long way apart, is it not? Matthew 7:19 talks about the fact that he cast them into the deepest sea. So number 1, we cry out to God, number 2, we confess our sins because the reality is some of the problems we get ourselves into, we get ourselves into. In other words, it's because of our sin. Whether it's our sin our fault or not, we we certainly need to cry out to God, but we also need to confess our sins and he will forgive us. Now, I think it's really interesting. Verse number four, there's forgiveness with you that you may be feared. 
Sometimes we think that if God is very harsh and does not forgive our sins, that will make us want to live for Him. But the reality is, if we know that God is a merciful God, He will forgive our sins when we confess, then that makes us want to live for Him. That makes us want to fear Him or respect Him and want to please Him. I'll put it like this. If I have no hope of forgiveness, if I have no hope of reconciliation, then why try? But if I know that God will forgive me when I confess and repent, and that he will help me live for him, then I will indeed fear him and seek to live my life for him. Now, we don't sin that grace may abound. We don't continue in sin that grace may abound, Romans 6.1. But as we think about God's mercy, about, about his forgiveness, it should make us want to get right with him and live our lives for him. Does that make sense? Number one, crying to God. Need number two, confessing to God. Need number three, concentration on God. And we know this. We ought to be concentrating on God, but so often we're distracted by the affairs of this life. We're distracted by all the things that are going on around us. Verses 5 and 6, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I do hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. Yes, more than those who watch for the morning. Have you ever gotten up before light and, and you, were, you were thinking, I'm, I'm looking forward to the day beginning and, and you wait and you wait and you wait and finally the sun comes up? Probably some of us have been there or done that. I remember when I was young, one time Dad and I were going, I think we were, we were going duck hunting or something like that. And I don't know why I did it, but I think I got up about 3 a.m. I got all dressed in my hunting clothes, and I sat in the chair in the den, and I just waited. And I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and finally, Dad came. It's interesting. When you think about waiting, one thing that waiting takes is time. And one thing that sometimes we're not willing to give is our time. Because we're so busy, have so many things going on. The things that we have going on, are they as important as spending time with God? Theoretically, I'm sure most of you would agree that they're not. The, the different things in life that we are so enthralled with and that we spend so much time on are not nearly as important as our relationship with God. And yet, so often, we don't wait on Him. There needs to be a concentration on God. Isaiah 40, 31, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. If you want to have those characteristics, then what you need to do is wait on the Lord. I remember reading about Martin Luther one time. He was talking about the fact that when he had a busy day, he got up earlier in the morning to spend more time with God because he figured he would need it during the course of the day. Most of us probably wouldn't do that. We'd think, I'll, I'll have a short, quiet time, or I'll skip my quiet time because I've got so much going on. But it's important for us to wait on the Lord. Psalm 27, 14, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. 
So we spend time with him. We spend time in his word as well. Notice in the last part of verse number five, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I do hope. I think God's word can make a significant difference in our lives. Whether it's memorizing it or meditating on it, it really does make a difference. And we need to spend time in God's word and wait on him. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 to 26. Lamentations 3, 22 to 26. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Aren't those good verses? They talk about hoping in God and waiting on God. There needs to be a concentration on Him. Four needs. One is crying to God out of the depths. I've cried to Him. Number two is confessing to God, recognizing our sin and relying on Him to forgive us and cleanse us and enable us to walk in newness of life. Number three, concentration on God, waiting on Him and depending on Him to be with us and help us and encourage us and strengthen us. And then number four, confidence in God. Really all four of these points have to do with confidence in God. Faith is seen throughout Psalm 130. But in Psalm 130 verses 7 and 8, this is what it says. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is abundant redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquity. We're talking about confidence in God, depending on him. Depending on him for mercy, depending on him for redemption. How many of us need mercy? I think all of us do. How, how many of us need redemption? I think that we recognize we need that as well. Notice here, it's not just for me, but it's for others too. He has experienced it. And now what he's doing is he is sharing it or challenging others to experience it as, as well. That's what discipleship is all about. We follow Jesus Christ and then we help others to follow Jesus Christ. We wait on the Lord and we encourage others to wait on the Lord. Because when we wait on the Lord, when we trust him, he indeed gives us what we need. He gives us mercy. Hebrews Chapter 4, verse number 16, we are commanded to come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. God wants to give us mercy. He wants to give us grace to help, but we need to come to him and have confidence in him. Not only mercy, but also redemption. In, in verse number 8 or 7, it says, with him is abundant redemption, and he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquity. Now, redemption is setting someone free by paying a price. And, and what God has done is he's provided redemption for us through the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 30 and 31. This is what it says. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption that as it is written, he who glories, 
let him glory in the Lord. Anything good that happens to us, anything good that we do, it's a result of God's work in us. He provides abundant redemption. That's what the gospel is all about, is it not? The fact is that we're sinners and we deserve to die and spend eternity separated from God. That's the bad news. The good news is that Jesus died in our place. He paid the price for us. And because of that, we can have everlasting life if we believe, if we have confidence in him. And if you've never done that, that's the most important decision that you can make, is trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior. But it doesn't end there. It's not just a matter of everlasting life. Jesus said in John 10.10, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. He wants us to live a different kind of life as Christians. And he provides for us to do so. In fact, he wants us to experience so much more. Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So whether it's a financial need, that's the primary context of Philippians chapter 4. Or whether it's a need for strength, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Or for wisdom, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Or for whatever it is you need, God promises to provide our needs as we trust in him. He's our shepherd, and he takes care of his sheep. Too often, we don't trust in him. Instead, we trust in ourselves. We trust in others. What we need to do is have confidence in God. This trust in God includes our search for a youth pastor and a music minister. It has been a long time in regard to youth pastor. Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Be praying with me. Verse, uh, point number four, confidence in God. Be praying with me that God will provide both a youth pastor and a music minister in the very near future. Do you think prayer makes a difference? Do you think all of us praying together that God will provide those two things in the near future, that God can do that? Now, we need to pray like Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but yours be done. And sometimes God wants us to wait for the exact right person. But I believe that God can bring the person of his choosing, the people of his choosing, very soon. Let's just pray that God will do that as we have confidence in him. Life is challenging sometimes. Ministry is challenging. Being in a family is challenging. Being in the church, life is difficult sometimes. But in the midst of our difficulties and challenges, what we need to do is recognize that we have four needs. What are those four needs? Number one, crying to God. You can read probably. We need to cry to God and depend on Him in the midst of our difficulties out of the depths. Number two, confession to God. We recognize our sin. And we rely on him to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Number three, concentration on God. Waiting on him. It takes time. And then number four, confidence in God. He provides mercy. He provides abundant redemption. But we need to trust him. Without faith, we can't be saved. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. All of this takes time. Meditating on God's Word makes all the difference in the world. And we need to make sure that we are crying out to God and confessing our sin, that we're concentrating on God, abiding in Christ. Therefore, 
bearing much fruit without Him, we can do nothing. Having confidence in God. All these are tied up together. This is what we need to be focusing on. And when we do, it'll make all the difference in the world. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for Your Word. We're thankful for the opportunity that we have to look into Your Word and learn what we need to be doing, what we need to be thinking. We just pray that You will transform us by the renewing of our minds. We pray, Lord, that You will help us to be what You want us to be and to do what You want us to do for Your honor and for Your glory. Thank You that You're with us, that You never leave us, You never forsake us, and we can cast our cares on You because You care for us. In Jesus' name.